The Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, Lord. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Salome, brought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. Then they had been, say, they had been saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? When they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very, very large, had already been rolled back. And they entered the tomb. They saw a young man dressed in a white robe, sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has been raised. He is not here. Look, there is the place they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. So they went out and fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God. Amen. Harold is an Englishman touring rural America. When he can't find a restroom, he asks a native where the WC is. Because WC means water closet where he lives. Now the American didn't know this expression, WC. And after scratching his head and thinking for a minute, he decides that the man must be referring to the Wildwood Chapel, a local destination for tourists. So he replies to the Englishman, the WC is about two miles west. It seats only 25 people, unless you cozy right up next to your neighbor. Now if it's crowded, it is okay to stand. I have to warn you though, some folks kneel, which can be rather awkward for the person sitting next to you. Harold thinks to himself, this must be a joke, but the American continues, the WC, this WC prides itself on being multi-sensory and they welcome everyone even if they don't go very often. <laughs> Now, though this particular WC suggests that you power down in order to be fully present, I suggest you sneak out your smartphone to snap a picture, <laughs> especially when little movement is going on. <laughs> April Fool's Day, April 1, must be a day for jokes. Is this a joke? a natural reaction, perhaps, to the first news of Jesus' resurrection. In fact, in Mark's version of the story, probably the first written, the risen Christ doesn't appear at all, and the women flee in fear, terror, amazement. It is such a strange ending that later manuscripts add another version, a longer one, in which the resurrected Christ shows up 
and then ascends into heaven. But in Mark's telling of the passion story we heard last Sunday, there's a strange, strange scene in which there's a man wearing nothing but a linen cloth. And like the other fickle disciples, he runs off abandoning Jesus. Yet the text says he runs off naked, leaving the linen cloth behind. A joke? A little streaking through the streets for comic relief? Or, in today's gospel, is he the man wearing the white robe? The young man who makes clear this isn't a joke. The one who gives the good news that Jesus of Nazareth, the crucified one, has been raised. Let's be honest. For some people, this whole thing, this resurrection thing, it's a joke. An impossible, unscientific claim. What does resurrection even mean? Let me first say, this is a community of faith that stands firmly in the Christian tradition, but welcomes such questions, such doubts, even different interpretations of what Easter means for our world today. Now we can wonder, I can wonder, what happened to the body of Jesus 2,000 years ago? Yet a more pressing question for me is whether God can bring new life from death today. As we listen to the news, we may lament, is this a joke? Is this for real? Is there hope for our country, hope for our world, hope for the earth? After all, today we have fake news. What is real? Who or what can we trust? How will we get out of the mess we're in? And then think of our complicated lives. Is this really happening to me? Is this a joke? So we watch high school students marching and speaking passionately against gun violence. And if, you not, if you've not read the post on our Facebook page, read it by our member Anna Vegan. White grown-ups, time to grow up on race and gun violence. But with the partisan divides in our country, will anything come of this? The same could be said of things this congregation stands for. Racial justice, the dignity and rights of women, persons with different gender identities or sexual orientations, the biblical injunction to care for immigrants, refugees, and strangers, and care for the earth, environmental care, sometimes called eco-justice. There's a saying by a Brazilian liberation theologian, Ruben Alves. It has become a favorite for many in our congregation. Alves suggests that the imagination may be more real and reality less real than we first thought. The last word does not belong to the brutality of facts, the facts of oppression and repression, that is. The frontiers of the possible are not determined by the limits of the present. Miraculously, 
surprisingly, the power of life is always preparing the creative event that will open the way to freedom and resurrection. So when it seems like the arc of justice is bending in the wrong way, when what we value most is becoming a joke, rather than retreating in despondency and despair, Easter, resurrection, is God filling us with imagination, God filling us with hope, God filling us with justice to join in the work of tikkun olam, mending the world, as our Jewish siblings call it. A book that has recently rocked my world is a new release by renowned biblical scholar John Dominic Crossan. It's called Resurrecting Easter, How the West Lost and the East Kept the Original Easter Vision. Now, Crossan traces the visual representation of resurrection across the centuries. He discovers that we in the West eventually picture Jesus' resurrection with Jesus by himself, often holding a cross standard, maybe hovering above or near the tomb. But in the East, Christ is pictured raising Adam and Eve and all humanity. Look at your bulletin cover for just a minute. This is a depiction of what is called the anastasis in the East, an example of the universal resurrection, typically depicted on icons and frescoes. This is a vision of God's dream for what we heard of in Isaiah, a feast for all people, death swallowed up, and all humanity, and we mean all humanity, past, present, future, is raised. Crossan makes the point that this is so radically different than a vision of human life based on power, based on violence. And he noticed this vividly on a May Day in Moscow's Red Square. On one side was a display of military might, and on the other was Resurrection Gate, with a large depiction, a mosaic of the Anastasis. Some early church theologians reasoned that God played the ultimate joke on the devil by raising Jesus from the dead. So preachers, were encouraged to include humorous stories in their sermons on the second Sunday of Easter. That is, until a pope in the 17th century banned this so-called holy humor, or bright Sunday. Oh well. We in this congregation will soon embark on some needed building improvements. Someone suggested to me to be environmentally sound, we should put those sanitary hand dryers in restrooms. They suggested there could be a sign, a sign by the place where the hot air blasts out that, could, that would say, for a sample of this week's sermon, push this button. <laughs> so, when life gets us down, Sometimes laughter 
is the best remedy. And when everything seems a joke, with no hope in sight, we come to this place week after week to sing, to practice resurrection, to share the feast of bread and wine, and to hear again the good news that life is stronger than death and that Christ is risen indeed. Amen.